the Nesivis. Yeshua's Yaakov is a famous Sefer, but the Nesivis is much more famous for Shtetzach. So the Yeshua's Yaakov is the Nesivis. How come? The Svarim that the Nesivis wrote, the Nesivis wrote many Svarim. And basically, they're all Mekubal by the Olam HaTeira. How come, he asked them, how come your Svarim are so Mekubal by the Welt? And my Sefer, the Yeshua's Yaakov, very few people look into. So I was very medagdic on every word that I wrote, and I was had a clear concentration when I wrote the Sefer, and I didn't think about any Yoni Dechoyal. What's the, what's the reason that your Sefer has, your Svarim of Siyata Dishmaya, that they are so accepted? And my Sefer, Yeshua's Yaakov, is not so accepted. Zok the Nesivis. Zok the Razei. I wrote Chidush Etera a whole week. I didn't see whether my mind is clear, my mind is not clear. I didn't care about what mood I'm in, what mood I'm not in. Every... Oh, every day I used to write Tehillim. Now, one thing I did. Every Sunday, every game Rishon of the week, when I lived in the city, city of Stanislav, I used to travel to Tizminitz. And I showed everything I wrote to my Rebbe, Rabbi Shulam Igra. Whatever he liked, I left. Whatever he didn't like, I burnt. So, whatever is printed with my name on it is something that has the Askom from Rabbi Shulam Igra. That's why it has that, 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 that's locha. He used to say, the Rebbe used to hold that he's the the Paisik Akron, but I see them, he's by the Paisik Akron, and he went for the Gedoyal Yolam. So Rabchaim Sanza used to say, Fletzer Barimen, Rabchaim Sanza went for the Gedoyal Yolam. He said that he could understand. The Amkus of the Sefer Igro Roma, which is the Sefer of Rabbi Shulam Igro, up to half. That was used to Barimzach. He used to show how great he is. He wanted to show how Zakhan Launen. He used to say that he could understand half of the Sefer of Rabbi Shulam Igro. That's given by him for the rest of Zakhan Surviving as Zakhan Epis Launen. Everybody knows the Seisa Akhoshin. So Sakhoshi used to come to Rabbi Shulam Igra and used to talk to him in learning. Once, he told over, the Sakhoshi told over to Rabbi Shulam Igra, Ashtikol Teira. And, as the Sakhoshi asked the Kasha, Rabbi Shulam Igra, this is what you want to say. So he said, no, this is not what I want to say. So then he says, no, Mastami, you want to say this? And then he says, and if you don't want to say this, Mr. you'll want to say this. After Rabbi Shulam Migra finished, they're hearing the kasha and they're saying all the truths impossible. The place of had nothing to write anymore. Because Rabbi Shulam Migra was in the Mahalach HaMachshav from the Ketoyz. And he was Mechavan to everything that a Shaykh for the Ketoyz HaKoshin to be Mechadish on the Indian. So the Ketoyz HaKoshin was a little bit depressed and he said, I'm working on the Ketoyz HaKoshin and Choshin Mishpat with Grace Yigiyah. Why should I work so hard? I finished half of it. I got to work on the other half. Why should I work so hard? I'll come to you. From Simon Reish onwards, you'll tell me what to write and finished. And it'll be my savior because you know exactly what I'm going to write. <laughs> he said it with a little bit, uh, 
Hashetzach, he said it, but he said it with a little bit of tightness also. In other words, he felt he felt ejected. Everything that I could think, you're going to tell me what I could think. So, and rack my brains out. I'll come to you. You'll tell me what to write. The kids of Abishul Migra felt bad that the Tzayis was full of Chlishas Adas. And he felt bad that he was, that he made a big time of Chochem Havips as a Chlishas Adas. So he was macabre upon himself to fast Monday and Thursday all the rest of his life. Abishul Migra fasted Monday and Thursday for the rest of his life from this Maisa on because he was Metzayah the Tzayis HaKoshim. Because he learned the Tzitkis from Abishul Migra. He fasted Monday and Thursday for the rest of his life. A couple of more mice, isn't that it? What time are you supposed to finish now? These, uh, these, 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 Malchus. What time are you supposed to finish? Come on, stop the answer. What time? What time? What time? What time are you supposed to finish? No? What time are you supposed to finish? 11.30. 11.30. 11.15. What? 11.15. 11.30. How long did Rabbi Rabbi It's 11.15. I have a good In the section where Rabbi Shamshin or Rabbi Shimshin lived, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't know if it's Rabbi Shimshin or Rabbi Shamshin. It's the same spelling, so I can't tell you. It was a person that had a... Uh, a bar. As I'm in bar, he used to sell wine there, but he wasn't Shemesh Shabbos Kelechoser. Because he used to be mate to sell the wine on Shabbos, and he took money from them on Shabbos. Shem? I mean, I don't know if he was Machal Shabbos, and he derises, but I'll call him the Rabbonin, and he was Machal Shabbos. No, Abshimshin is given a shochen zayne, he was a neighbor, and he went with Mechiachim. Why should he be Machal Shabbos? Kids say he didn't listen to the Teichachas and the Yechachas from Rabshem, from Rabshabshim. When Al Gezer, I'm sure Migros' father saw up, his words are not going to help. So he went to the Av Bezin of the city, and he brought this guy Ladin. He was Mazmanim Ladin, Sa Bezin. When Rabshamshim was Mazmanim Ladin, so the neighbor got all frustrated. Uh, Why should it be Mazmanim Ladin? I don't have no shayches with him. I mean, I didn't mean to have to tell you, but we have to pass in the moment. Pass in the episode six. I have no six. I don't listen to what he has to say, but what do I have to go to bed? Kids say he went to the rock to hear what, what's the din tell you all about. So they called him Abshimshin, and Abshimshin said, Here's the Tainus. Hazal tells us in Shabbos that Kufi tells of Abshimshin, or Abshimshin, that the Mokim Shiyesh Chil Shabbos, the Lake of Metsuya, Rahman of Islam. In a place where there's Chil Shabbos found, it's common for fires to break out. And this is what they give on Shabbos. Kumtet zum Rav, to bring in them barkeeper to Ladin, either he stops being Machal Shabbos, or he should buy Rab Shamshin's house, which is close by, and he'll go move somewhere else because he's afraid that his house is going to burn down. The kids are when the Shachan heard for why he's being brought Ladin, 
Ashtetzach, he was ganzen embarrassed and put to shame in front of the Bezdin, the Bezdin, on the Bezdin, they all heard clearly that he's a Machal Shabbos, at least on the Rabbonans, and he had Busha, Kreuzer Busha, so he promised them that he would no longer be Machal Shabbos. And as he is given. So he given Rab Shamshin, he given, but he was not given a joke, no, he had a Maim Chazal, he had a Maim Chazal, Chazal Zogan, that in Mokam Sheyesh Kriel Shabbos, it's like a Mitzuya, but he was given a a reality. It wasn't stam a maim chazal was malat nigemor, and you don't really believe it. And by him it is as they give given. As they mentioned was something galat as they that the whole leaven they accepted my mori chazal kipshuta and those are given they against the leaven those are given they against the gadlos. Just the against the gadlos. But those are given from the ika gadlos. Statement chazal as they is as they does. And as they is talking given by they. I'll tell you a couple of mices. 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 But it must have swollen, because no one looks into it. Over from this region, it says, Achosh of a Sefer. Abshalom Shadron is a talent of his. The command, everything he says over is command from him and from Abel Yerapian, but mostly from his Rebbe, Rableib Chasman. Rableib Chasman used to have a Gewaldike Munaf Shutter in Dosvashtet and Chazal. He was an Eret Yisrael, Rableib Chasman. And in that time, Eret Yisrael was tumbling. Because in one of the kibbutzim, one of the Freya kibbutzim, they were they were uh, raising hogs, raising hogs in Eretz Yisrael, pigs, hogs. So somebody came into the house, and he wanted to speak to Rabbi Chasman. You'll take a look. This mice is printed at the beginning of Oyel, and he found Rabbi Chasman given a. He was sitting by a table for around a half hour, clapping his finger. For around a half hour, he wouldn't speak. Whenever he had a lot of tsar, that's what he would do. He would clap his finger on the table. That was his dar a minute. When he had a lot of tsar, he would clap his hand on the table. For a half hour, he was clapping his fingers on the table. So the bach, after a half hour, standing there, asking, what's, the, what's happening? Why are you so much bizarre? He didn't answer. He asked him again, finally answered. He said like this. And the Torah says, well, I your The Torah states that if you're going to do things which are Tomei in Eretz Yisrael, then the earth will vomit you out. The earth, the earth will spit you out. I just heard, Zoktera, that uh, people are raising pigs in Eretz Yisrael. Is Avada, Avada, the Rebish is going to chase us out of Eretz Yisrael. Zoktera, as, as far as I'm concerned, Doctor, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And he turned his finger a little bit towards his wife, who was in a, in a bed, lying sick. And he said, Mela, I can go. Chobnish can problem it. His rabbitson broke a foot. And she never really recovered until she died. She, she wasn't able to, to walk properly until she died. How is she going to leave? And that's why he was full of tzar. In other words, he had ongenommen that when you will spit you out 
And Bayemid has given a push to Zach, and he was ready to leave. Bayemid has given a real Zach. And he was... It's time of the Rebish to Betna, Mr. Lauriskin. As I even left the grace to mention. Now, Mendel Zachs. The Chayel of Rachel was the son-in-law of the Chavetz Chaim. And he used to say over the following Maise to show how the previous Dor lived with Hermune Pshuta and Maimore Chazal. Rab Mendel Zaks was the son-in-law of the Chavetz Chaim. But the Chavetz Chaim had a son by the name of Rableib. And Rableib was 50 years older than Rab Mendel Zaks, the son-in-law. Rableib, the son, was over 50 years older than Rab Mendel Zaks. They were both brother-in-laws. Because Rableib was the son of the Chavetz Chaim from the first marriage. And Rab Mendel Zaks was the son-in-law of the Chavetz Chaim from his second marriage. It once happened that Ramendel Zaks returned home from the yeshiva and he said that his ear hurts him a little bit. He has a shtickle earache. A shtickle earache. Rablaib was there in the house. Stamme was there. They lived in one big house. The place in Shavuot the Metzias was. But I'll call upon him. Rablaib heard that Ramendel Zaks came home from the yeshiva in Raden. And he heard that, the, that he said, Rableib heard that Rabendel said that he has a shtickle Eric. Immediately Rableib got all excited. He made a big tumult and he said, You're to go immediately to Dr. Shabbatin, a doctor that lived in, in that area, who took 10 rubles for each, each visit. It was a fortune of money, but he was the biggest doctor in those days. It's like going to the top doctor in, the, in that whole area. Rabendel thought he's crazy. What should I mean? You make it sound like I'm dying. Well, I have an earache. I'm going to take a little bit some hot, hot, hot uh, oil. Well, I'm going to have this little hot oil. I'll wait till it gets a little bit uh, warm. This has a hat. And then I'll pour it into my ear. And I should help us. I beg in the, the earache. What's little stuff from here? What are you making a you know, federal case out of it? Rabbi Zok. Name the most gain glass from doctor. Rab Mendel started thinking in his, to himself, maybe he's Eva Bokum. Maybe Shahab Leib is Eva Bokum. Shahab Leib is Eva Bokum. But right now he has no choice. Rab Leib is a Hondelik of him. And I've gained some doctor. I have no choice. What can I do? Anyway, meanwhile, before he decided that he's going to go to the doctor, Rab Leib started thinking that the reason why Rab Mendel Zach doesn't want to go to the doctor is because he doesn't have the 10 rubles. It's a fortune of money in those days. And maybe that's the reason why he doesn't want to go. So he says, I'll give you a loan. I'll give you the money for the doctor and for the wagon, for the, all the transportations. He gave him a loan for 25 rubles. Fortune, fortune of money. And he ordered right away in Agola for him. He ordered a wagon for him. Hamendel was zikha that it was nothing and it was a shtus. God will be able to go. And about the doctor's going to laugh at him when he goes there. But he has no choice. What can he do? He's not going to go fight with Rableib. Rableib is 50 years older than him. Kitzar Amaiti had no choice. He went to the doctor. And exactly the way he thought, that's what the doctor said. He laughed at him. You come to me. Anyway, Ramendel paid him the 10 ruble. And he came back with the wig. And I got some ice. Rableib, the whole time, was waiting impatiently to hear what's going to happen with the doctor's visit with Ramendel. As soon as Rabbi walked into the house, Rabbi was standing there. No, 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 no. What's it? What's it? Is up. So Rabbi answered back. The doctor laughed at him. 
sinister was still uh, was against our doctrines, above my sister. I don't know why. Bechal, what I care about? Call upon him, Shem. When Ablaib heard this, he was all besimcha, and he said, Hoidu l'ashem kitoiv kidrelem chasen. Abmendel couldn't hold himself back. He wanted to ask him, are you crazy or not? <laughs> so Abmendel, what's the pshat? Why do you act so strange? What are you doing? These crazy things. What's the stuff from here? So Dr. Ablaib, I'll tell you why. So Dr. Ablaib, I'll tell you why. Doctor, I was last night in the base medrash, and I heard. After the chavetz chaim was nifter, there was a shtikel sichsochs in yeshiva. They were talking about something, and you were there. And somebody said something, which was a zilusa aleizat hamachochem. Somebody said something which was nice about a hamachochem, and you didn't make a machor. You didn't make a machor. So I was afraid. You were part of the chabura. I wasn't part of the chabura. You were part of the chabura. So I was afraid that when you came into the house and you complained of an earache, I was zicha that the earache is a result of that maisa, that you weren't meicha, and it could become very, very serious. So Rabmendel always used to say over this maisa, he used to say, Kiba Cook, he's only 50 years older than me, and we're both brother-in-laws. The chilet between him and me in, 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 in the Tzugang to my Mori Chazal to believing Bechush Alzvus Shtet and Chazal that's what's going to happen so if they are given a Varim Yid Unich Ben Akal Yid that's how we used to touch it up so there's only 50 years separating us a little bit more than 50 years so if the Chilet between him and me is Erez Avarim Yid Unich Ben Akal Yid I didn't feel those allegations that he felt Vosib Shadvals Metgalat Metemunet Pshut in my Mori Chazal Chazal Zogan if someone hears Zilusa the Talmud Chochem and he's not Moicha so by him it was Pasha that when he heard that his ear was hurting him that was Avada there is, could be a worse type of the result Rablaib was afraid that it could become an errant Tazach Zilusa the Talmud Chochem Unisht Moicha Zayn Kenverna Shrek Lachazach so that's why he wanted very stark that he should go to to the doctor immediately Nocha Maise Keinze of Alanga Maise then we'll stop with that because we can't, uh, I don't know, I think I said it over once, but I'm not sure. There's a lot of mices here with Eger was Heistrap Chaikel Moletsky. Some of them are printed in, in the label, yo. I said over some mices once before with Chesed, with, with, uh, with Yitzchok the Shikha. There are certain mices, I can't go into all the mices now. Oh, but I'll call upon them, I'll just say over one mice. Michael Moletsky given a a grace of Choshev Yid that learned that Ableib Chasman Ableib Chasman besides being a Balmusa was a Rosh Hashiv in Shtutzin before he became the Mashgiach in, in Hebron in Eretz Yisrael he used to be a Rosh Hashiv he had 300 Talmidim and that's the Maisa where where once that over in the base medrash was a child was killed if you remember some Bacham were listening where, where Maisa where a child died, and I had Motcha Oshmet, because I was all from Machin Yeshiva, I got some Maisa. I mean, and most of you heard it already, yeah? No. I've had a year. I said it, no? I said it. What? I said it. I remember. I said it. Four years ago. All right, give me a label. I'll say it fast. I don't remember which Chayla.
Abshalom Shadrod is writing that in the first years that Rabbi Yolabian came to us, Israel, the first years, uh, in the first years that Rabbi Yolabian came to us, Israel, he used to say Shiurim and Kamenetzi Yeshiva then in those days. Anyway, he had Shaykhs to Abshalom Shadron, and he asked Abshalom Shadron if he knows any tzaddikim in Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yolabian came from England. So he wanted to, uh, wanted to meet all the tzaddikim, he wanted to meet as many tzaddikim as he could in Eretz Yisrael. Kitzer, Abshalom said, and he asked Abshalom to take him around. Anyway, they went around to different tzaddikim. One of the tzaddikim, they went to this person, Rabbi Chaim Chaikol Moletzky, is out. Rabbi Chaikol a Talmud I told you before, Rabbi Chaikol a Talmud Muvik, Rabbi Chaikol Rabbi Chaikol, besides being a Balmusa, had a, had a yeshiva in Shtutzid. I'll call upon him, That's a different Maishah, but I'll call upon him, he was a person that had Yisurim most of his life. He had a Sagresa Machla, and he had to lose a foot because of the Machla, he lost a foot. But he remained alive, and most of the time he had to stay in bed. Most of the time that uh, Rabbi Yerapian, when Rabbi Yerapian came, he was already bedridden. Kitzar HaMaishah, right now, right now, Behemzuch. Now, Kitzar HaMaishah, As soon as Rabelia came, uh, the conversation started to go uh, about Rableib Chasman, his Rebbe. Chaim Chaikom Moletzky's Rebbe was Rableib Chasman, the author of Oriol. Adwena Talmud Muvuk. Kitzar Maisa is up to the following Maisa. Rabiudaleib Chasman, that was his name, his full name, Rabiudaleib Chasman, made a big yeshiva in the, in the city of Stutzin, where he was the Rav and the Rosh Yeshiva. He was the Rav of the town of Shtutzin, and he was also the Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva in Shtutzin. And there were around 300 Bochum there. And in this Yeshiva, Ketrof and Ashrek Lechazach, that there came two brothers from far away to learn in the Yeshiva of Shtutzin. And one of the brothers took a walk, and somehow he tripped and fell on a rack, and he became sick. And he died. Rachman al-Islan. And the Gantz Shtot is given in a state of shock. Shrek al-Chazach. His parents, who lived far away, didn't know what happened. And they, no one told them about it, the Bailam. And the other brother made believe that the brother, both brothers are alive. Because no one wanted to tell them what happened. After several weeks of, uh, of this uh, ASIC of trying to hide the fact that one brother died, the parents started being chayshed on their own that something is not normal. They couldn't put their finger on it, but they could tell from the letter something is not glad. And the mother decided to travel to Shtutzin to see how her children are doing. Kitzar HaMaisa on the way, she traveled through the city of either Slonim or Oshmanim, because this Rav was in both places. He was a big Valmoifis. His name was Rav Motchila Oshmana, or Rav Motchila whichever way you want to call him. He was in both places at different times, and he was known throughout Europe as the Litvisha Balmoifis. He was a Litvisha Godel who was, was used to make Moifisim. He wasn't a Chesidisha, but thousands upon thousands of people used to travel to him from all over the world. From wherever Shaykh to travel to, to get to him, they used to travel. People used to say he's from the Lamed of Tzadikim. He was known all over as a Balmoifis. Bikitzar HaMaisa, when she started saying that she's a mother and she has two children, they're learning in the yeshiva Shtutzin. 
and she's going there and she wants a bracha. So the Rav Motzel Hashem stopped her in the middle and he says, I only see one child. I don't see two children. At that point, she didn't realize what he meant. <coughs> and she just continued speaking and, uh, and she wanted a bracha from him. Kitsa HaMaisa, Rav Motzel Hashem saw that she didn't have what he said and he didn't want to tell her so clear that one son is dead. So he said, do me a favor. Since you're traveling to Shtutzin, I want you to do me a favor. I have a letter to give to the Rosh Hashiva, Ableib Chasman. And uh, since you're going anyway, you could do me this favor and give it to Sure. She took the envelope, a closed envelope, and she traveled. When she came to the outskirts of the city, she got out from the uh, wagon, where all the wagons stop in that city, the wagon station. And she saw a bacha from the yeshiva near the, by the station. So she went over and asked, are you from the yeshiva? She, he said, yeah. So she says, this is, her name is this and this name. She wants to know how her two children are doing. So the bacha was caught off guard. He didn't realize that she didn't know, whatever. And he said, what do you mean? One is dead. She started crying. She started screaming and crying and she became hysterical. And then she realized that Amotchala Oshman had told her, she realized the words that he said, that he said, I only see one child. But I didn't understand. Bishas Maisa, yet Vashtayach. Kitzar Maisa, Abchaikal Moletsky is telling all this over to Rabbi Rapian. So Abchaikal Moletsky says, I was living in a room right near the wagon, right where the station of the wagons, where the wagons come into Strutzin. And I was from the altar of Bacham in the yeshiva. The Maisi was a Talmud Muvik of the Rabbi Chasman. And he, at that point, happened to be sitting in their room. He happened to be sitting in the room with other Bachem, Elter Bachem. And they heard from the uh, station of the wagons, the wagon station, that the, somebody's crying Shrekla. They right away ran downstairs to see what's happening. Maybe they could help. And they, uh, the Bachem that told her that her son is dead told these Bachem, one of, one of them was Rabchaikal Moletsky, that what, what happened here? The kids, uh, they tried to be Menachem her. And in the middle, after she became a little bit more calm, she said that she has a letter that Ramotcha Oshmuna sent to the Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Chasm. So Rabchaikal Moletsky says to Rabbi Yerapian, we understood, Avada, that this letter has something to do with the Misa of the child that was killed. And we wanted to know very much what state of So we told her, listen, give us the letter. Michael says, I take full responsibility. I will hand it over to the Rosh Hashiva. She gave the letter to Rabchaikal Moletsky, he was a Bachadan. And we Bachran went into the room, closed the windows, and we took a hat knife. We made a knife hat. And we opened up the... Uh, the envelope and uh, we were shocked to see what it says in the letter this was a letter Rav Motcha Oshman the Balmoifiz is writing to Rav Leib Chasman in the title and it says the following words Hamaisa she'ira im habocha the Maisa that happened with the Bocha ze loy poshet Snishkem poshet Maisa ani mitzave that's an illusion from the letter I hereby give you a tzivuy and he wrote his name. That's it. That was the whole letter. 
So, Amchakel Malatsky, when he saw this letter, and the other Bochum in the room, when they saw this letter, <coughs> by them, there wasn't even the slightest suffix of what's going to happen. So they packed. They started packing. They didn't even give the Shiva the letter yet, but they were packing. They be ready. Kitsa, we closed up the letter in such a way where no one could tell that it was open. And we gave it to the Rosh Hashiva, and we were zikha. The three guys that read the letter together in the room were zikha that in a couple of hours, they're going to give it a clap. Everybody should pack and go home. Shem. But we were shocked to see that the Shiva keeps on going, normal. Nothing's changing. A couple hours pass by. The night passes by. The morning comes. The next day. A whole week we couldn't learn because we're waiting to go. Our mind just couldn't be stable. What's going on here? Then we saw we're in a, in a rough, a rough matter here. Ochanvei to us if we tell the Rashiva what we did. Ochanvei if we don't. What's going to be here? So we saw that if we don't do something drastic, we're going to, we're not going to learn anymore. We're going to be finished with learning. So we get to. We decided that we have to go into the Rosh Hashiva. Be misvada on the chet that we did. We opened up the letter that was written to him. But sof sof, me villain vissam. What's tutzah hafta? What's going on here? How come there's no sack to close the yeshiva? A motzchal oshman is set to close it. It's like you know, just the balmayfus at the time. Send me that for machin the yeshiva. Kitzah ha'maisa. We went in, put on a shame, a face full of shame, and we got a lot of courage. And we went to the Rosh Hashiva and we misvadeh that we opened up the letter that was sent from the Malmeifiz, Ramot Hoshman, to the Rosh Hashiva. We apologize. And, Lemaise, we won't do it again. This and that, Shuvah, Charote, Vida, Halakotizach, and Kabbalah, Abu Lemaise, we can't learn anymore. Because we're waiting to, we're all packed. <laughs> and we're waiting to be upsack to decide when we're leaving. And I don't, we don't understand why the Rosh Hashiva is not, uh, why he's not, get the Shalais upsack, because I'm begging. <laughs> he let them finish and he said as follows. He said, is Rav and Slonim. Ich bin Rav and Stutzin. He's Rav and Slonim, I'm the Rav and Stutzin. Just like I don't tell him what to do in his Inyonim, that was the end of the conversation. So he told over this Maisa to Rabbi El Yalapian to show. The tkifas of his rebbe, Rabbi Chasm, a stark man, she wasn't a spoiler from anything. He didn't say it's a good idea. I heard And he says to, there were three in the light, together with Rabbi Maletsky and Shalom Shadron, a couple other people, and Rabbi Yapan. So he says to him, Abel Yapian says to Rabchai Komoletsky, this Maise that you just now said, didn't this happen very close to the beginning of First World War? <laughs> so he said, yeah. Avada, Avada. He says, several days after we went to the Rosh Hashiva and when Moedan, the Maise, First World War broke out and everybody had to go home. And the Yeshiva closed. So Rabbi Yerapian said, "Tosi given the kavona for a motchala oshmena, erd gizem beruach hakodesh ad yishiva v'tzach v'machen." So he just told you to close it before he felt that dust happened on yesterday. In other words, they knew the ma'aser for years and years and years. Rabbi Chaim and then elder people that heard the ma'aser, but they didn't touch up 
the meister we rebel you're not paying it in other words but we can say that Muslims learn about the Zakim Zakim Machen so Mustam is given as it's also clear for Machen but not because Rabbi Chasmin closed and because the First World War broke out sure this is a meister with Rabbi Chaikul Muletzky so you know that Rabbi Chaikul Muletzky is in Stutzim he's a Talmud in the yeshiva of Stutzim and the yeshiva closed up that's where you know from that Maisa. So I'm telling you a continuation of what happened. It has nothing to do with this Maisa, but a continuation. Medayin 11. Abchaikal Maletsky was 15 years old at this time. When the First World War broke out, he was 15 years old. And he was together with two other Talmidim. Everybody else went home, but he lived in Stutzim. Everybody else went, went back to their town. Because the First World War broke out. He stayed in Stutzim. That's where he lived. He was together with two other Talmidim. Now, next to Stutzin, there was a division of Russian, sh- Russian soldiers. Abchaikal Moletsky was walking in the street, a 15-year-old guy walking in the street, and a soldier, a Russian soldier, came to him, and he said that he's a Yid. And there's, in the division outside of Stutzin, the army division outside of Stutzin, there's 17 altogether Yiddish soldiers. He and 16 other soldiers. No, so there's 17 Yiddish soldiers in the Russian army. And we heard that we're going to have to travel. It was Erev Yom Kippur this day that he met Rabchaikal Malatsky in the street. We heard that we're going to have to travel and leave Strutzim. And we don't want to leave because it's Yom Kippur. And Erev Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, we want to run away. And we want to save our lives. We, want to, we don't want to be in the army anymore. We want to find a way to hide ourselves that we shouldn't have to leave with the division when they leave. So he asked Chaikal, who was a 15-year-old bacha. He saw that he's a yeshiva bacha, that he should try to find a place where they can run away from the army and save themselves. In order to do that, this Chaikal would have to find 17 civilian pairs of civilian clothing. In other words, these 17 soldiers would have to go to a place, hide their the uniforms or burn them, and, and uh, put on civilian clothes and go undetected that they're soldiers. The Kitsa, all this fell out of Yom Kippur and Rabchaikal Maletsky. 17 soldiers are asking basically through this one soldier that he should save their lives and, and hide them. And after Yom Kippur, each person will go back to where he came from and finish. But over Yom Kippur, they have to stay in Stutzin because they can't travel on Yom Kippur. Habchaikal, Erev Yom Kippur, 15-year-old guy, was masking. And he said to the soldier that he met that he should go to the Lavoyas HaMeshul. Every shul had a different name. There was a Schneider shul, a Schuster shul. There was a shul that was called the Lavoyas HaMeshul. It was the last shul in town. And whenever a Levaya would take place, the Levaya would usually take place from that shul because that, that was the shul closest to the Beis HaKvores. So it was called the Levoyas HaMesh shul. The shul from where Levayas would go. Now in that Levayas HaMesh shul, there's an Ezra Snoshim. There's a place for women. Most people are afraid to go into the Ezra Snoshim because the, Ez- the building is a very old building. It's over 100 years old. And it's about to fall in. So the bottom is Nishkevelach. But the top, people don't go up. Because it's too... Uh, it's too shaky. It's a contradictory state. No one will ever go up there. People are afraid to go up there. That's the best place where you can hide yourselves. Seventeen soldiers. 
She'll go up to the Ezra's Noshim of the Levoy's Hameshul. The kids, that was the deal. The soldier packed out. The soldier packed out. And Rabbi Chaikel started, Erev Yom Kippur, running around like a chicken without a head from place to place to try to get 17 civilian clothing. 17 civilian uh, pairs of clothing. Kids, uh, he ran around all by himself. He couldn't tell anyone about it. And by the time he finished, it was already Ben Hashemashah. That means that he didn't eat anything. It was out of Yom Kippur. He didn't eat anything. He didn't fast. Whatever he ate, he ate breakfast at Bashu because he wasn't the full point. And he was constantly busy out of Yom Kippur trying to get 17 pairs of civilian clothing. Kids, uh, I say, he put all the civilian clothing in the shoe. And slowly but surely, the 17 soldiers, one by one, secretly and hiddenly, entered the shul. But only 16 showed up. The 17th was a wise guy. Because, we'll soon see that he lived in Shlutzen. But I'll talk about him. 16 soldiers came in. One by one, they weren't so recognized. They went up to the ladies' uh, gallery of the shul. There's a snowshim. As they write. In the Ezra snowshim, it was dark. They were afraid to open a light before Yom Kippur because people might, might feel that someone's up there and this and that. So the kids, uh, it was dark. And in the darkness, they changed the clothing. They got rid of, they took off their army uniforms and they put on the civilian clothing. He didn't say no kol nidre. He didn't have a betziba. Yom Kippur, but what could he do? He stayed together with the 16 soldiers. Two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock after Chatzai, two o'clock in the morning, after everybody left the shul, they hear Shreklach HaKoylas. Shreklach sounds outside and everybody gets frightened. Who knows, maybe the, uh, the military police is looking for them. They were all frightened. Abchaikal had nothing to be afraid of. Abchaikal is a civilian. He's allowed to go down, a 15-year-old kid. So he went out to see what's going on. What happened was, the 17th soldier that was supposed to come, he lived in Stutzin. So he was a wise guy, and he figured, what does he have to go to hide himself with the other soldiers in the Vibishish Shul? And be stuck there in Yom Kippur. He'll go to his own house and hide himself in his own house. That's what he thought would be safer. No, when the army saw 17 soldiers are missing, so they went to this guy's house, because he's the only guy of the 17 soldiers that lives in Shusin. So they went there to look for him. The father hid him among potatoes in the cellar, sacks of potatoes in the cellar, when the military police started looking for him, they went through the house from the top to the bottom, they found him, they took him out, and they killed him in front of his father and mother, Rachman al-Islam. That's what they heard at 2 o'clock in the morning. He gets us a bitter, Abchaikal got all nervous, and he said to himself, I tried to save 17 soldiers. Now that they found the 17th soldier, Abadeh, they're going to look for the other 16. And if they find the other 16, not only did I not save anyone, but I caused the death of 17 people. So Rabbi Haikal was starting to fail Shreklach. He was always a gold day in Pikach Nefesh. And because of him, 17 people might be killed. He started feeling Shreklach. And not only might they kill the 17, the 16 soldiers, the other 16 soldiers, they might wipe out all the Eden in Shlutzin because it is Maisem. So he was ois. This Rabbi Haikal was ois. All kinds of things went through his mind. Who knows what's going to happen? He went back to the ladies' section in the shul and he told the other soldiers what happened. 
and they started speaking together what they should do. So they all decided the first thing, the first thing that they must do immediately is get rid of the army uniforms. That's the olive base for the olive base. You gotta hide these army uniforms. If they're found, that means that the, the soldiers are here. Wipe out the shoulder, wipe out the yidna, wipe out everybody. It was Yom Kippur. You can't go burn anything on Yom Kippur. What am I supposed to do? And, and there's a minig that's brought down in Svarim. And some Svarim has brought down a minig that is Gula Paruches Yomim is that you should dig a grave. And they state in Svarim. Today, not too many people do it, but the Amalekah didn't do it. They go dig a grave and they leave that grave open for them until they die. In other words, they dug a grave for themselves and the grave they stays open until they die. They say, you can't do it today because of the dirt, why are going to do dirt and this and that, and basically, I'll like just keep it open. But I'll call for them, those that had the opportunity, that's what they did. They bought a little piece of land in the Vesak Vogus and they dug a grave for themselves and they left it open until they died. And that was a school of Arikasya. The kids are nice. Abchaikel knew, he was a 15-year-old kid, he knew of a certain grave that was open, that somebody opened for himself, and the guy didn't die yet, and it's open. So he figured that's the best place to get rid of the uh, army uniforms. He'll go and dump the army uniforms in this open grave. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He can't walk out in the street. Someone will be caught. Police will catch a guy walking two o'clock in the morning as they die all kinds of problems. The kid, uh, he knew of a side road, not going on the main road, that he can get somehow through a forest, through this, through that, sideway, that he can end up in the base headquarters. And for sure, no one will be there. Most likely, no one will be in this way that he's going to take. But it's impossible to carry a 15-year-old boy to carry 16 pairs of army uniforms and, and, and boots. Army, army boots. The kids, uh, he had to divide it up into three groups, three packages. That was the most that he can carry, three packages. The kids, uh, he went once and threw a package into the base of quarters. Into the open uh, grave. He did it for the second time and did it the third time. So all three packages of army uniforms and boots are in the grave now. On the way back after the third time, he hears galloping horses and he knew that the Russian soldiers are going through. He, he heard, he, he saw that the Russian soldiers are going through and he understood that he's going to get caught now and he understood that he's going to die now and he figured that uh, now he was a little bit...